a great Australian sprinter, nature's type, and Dave McDonald, and look how far they've won by. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying! The autumn sun, boy, you'll have to be good to win from there. Artorias pounces, bombs them, and wins! Boy, oh boy, what a weekend of racing we have just witnessed and what a weekend of racing we're about to take part in this weekend. We've got a lot of races to look forward to this weekend, but just in this look back episode, we've got a couple of races to touch over. We're going to go over the a recap of last weekend's racing at Rose Hill and, and Caulfield, but yeah, and got a little bit of news to cover along the way, so hopefully you can join us along for the for this week's episode of the, the Lottery Look Back. Uh, just me and the CEO this weekend, how are you, mate? Fantastic, mate. CEO's best gets up, so I am up and the stri- about. The, the streak is the streak's going on. You're, you've done better. Than, I don't reckon I've my best has lobbed in the last two weeks or something. But the CEO's definitely. I reckon you're going for. You nearly have to I be think th- I missed one. I yeah, think I'm I, three from four or something. Like I think. That. Well, I, yeah, I think you've got your last two. So I think you're going for three in a row this week. Make sure you tune into our next uh, review episode coming out on Friday morning to hear all our future tips and everything. But we're going to just. I'll, we'll go over some quick news now before we get into the recap. Uh, the big news in like racing Australia, like this is probably one of the biggest racing news stories in a while, and that's Giga Kick is out of a spring. Yep. One of probably arguably one of Australia's best, like he definitely is one of our best horses in the country at the moment. And this whole Craig Williams sacking like ride, like it's just big, like I don't know yet, still don't understand it, but. He's officially been ruled out of a spring in the Everest. So the markets have just got like every market he's in has just been absolutely flipped around. If you got on some of the, some of the early markets, you're absolutely laughing because your rods stay the same, but everybody else is just like, I think most people will get their money back. A lot of other people won't because if they bet in the only markets, you don't get your money back. But the, like the, he was going for, like, he's obviously going for the Everest. So that market's changed. And he was also, he might have been, it might have been second favourite. I think Amelia's Jewel was favourite for the Golden Eagle, but he's since out of that. So the Golden Eagle is wide open again. Got a lot of interesting races now that just have broadened up with with the scratching of Giga Kick. So apparently the actual reason what he's actually done is he they've come in and said that he tore a muscle in in these when his race return in the McEwen Stakes. But the whole thing with Williams and everything, like I don't like I, I think they're trying to you nearly use him as a scapegoat, like. It's not like well, I've said this before. Like I, I don't think Williams should have been sacked at all. Like, yeah, from what I've seen, the horse missed the kick. Williams did what he thought was the right and this one to get him to up in the right position, and just like that's just how like jockeys like that's just a split decision. Like it's that, that's just what happens in racing, really. But he's tore a muscle out of it, and they've ruled him out of the spring. But they've kind of waited a, a long time to release it, so there's been a lot of scrutiny around it, saying like they should have got it out earlier. Like they've obviously, they've obviously known. It seems like they've trying to like blame it on Williams in a way like it's kind of his fault that like he what he did in the race has caused it but I think that's just porridge I, I think the whole thing is really weird at the moment but um yeah so all in markets and everything have changed but yeah Giga Kick is officially out of a spring uh another one who did gain their slot in the race the other week Sunshine in Paris is also out for the spring he's yep. done, a, done a I checked the news story but like they haven't actually said what they just said it, it occurred a leg, a leg injury in training like there's no actual details of what's actually happened to it, but yeah, he's she's also out of the spring. So two major. It's a bit, it's a bit disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, like I've like from that first start run, she was the, she was a definite live chance in the race, and like the the people who have just bought her, um, they've they forked out a couple of mil for, her and after her first win in the Scirocco, she looked to have this spring at her mercy. She could have won a lot of good races, but 
hopefully she's all right again for the autumn and she's definitely got a couple of good races there she can go to. But the Everest has definitely taken a bit of a shape. So two of the main chances are out. But since that, we've had four new horses gain spots in the race. Overpass and Bonus Notches have just been booked in. And Godolphin also, as, as well as Joe, so Joe Pride has two runners in it and Godolphin have two horses booked in it now. In Secrets booked in for the Godolphin slot and Zach Purton is booked to ride it. So the way In Secrets been riding and everything, I, I've been massively on I Wish I Win yeah. for a while, but this In Secret looks primed to go. Zach Purton booking, I reckon she's a bloody, like it depends on the draws and everything, but she knew he had to be second pick of the market now. It's in secret. I'd like those three, four-year-olds just have a great record on the race, and she looks primed to go. But the other Godolphin one, Cylinder, is also gained a slot as well. So James Harron did have Giga Kick, I believe, as they said, but after he's been teared, they've been trying to find a new slot, and they've picked Cylinder. And the three-year-olds have had a great record in the race. Like, they've had a good, good run in the race. Giga Kick obviously won it. Yes, 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 has won it. Um, and a lot of the three-year-olds have also been running the trifectas and Clonellas in the last couple of years. So... They're sticking to the three-year-old pattern, and there's a bit of talk about Osmosis, who was a good win on the weekend, and we're going to touch on uh, shortly. Touch on. Uh, she has also been spiritual around to get a slot, but nothing's been confirmed yet. There's still like there's still four more slots to be open, so I don't know if they're going to book her up or not. I don't really know who else they can even really go for. Maybe Bella and the Patina might sneak in there. There's still like yeah, so there's still there's still four horses that are bound to gain a slot, but we'll have to wait and see who the slot holders end up picking. And just a little bit of other news, uh, probably one of the best news coming out of Australia, that Mr. Brightside has been confirmed to go to Hong Kong for the International Race Day, and he's going to be going up against Golden 60 and Romantic Warrior over in Hong Kong in the International Race Day later in the year. So we're finally going to see our best miler against the Golden, Golden 60, arguably the world's greatest miler. So over on there on his home turf, he's going to have the advantage, but this is going to be the race of the century. Like, not the century, but this is going to be one hell of a race to remember. Our Aussie miler going up against the Hong Kong's best and world's greatest best mile in the world. So that's going to be one hell of a race later in the year. So all, all honours to Mr. Brightside. He's going to be going there fourth or fifth up. He's, he's booked in for the King Charles on Everest Day, which is only three weeks away, if you can believe it or not. Um, so he's, he's, he's going to have that race. And then I imagine that's spell him for a while and then send him over to Hong Kong. But I, I, like, There's rumours that he might go to the Cox Plate. He is, he is entered in it, but he hasn't accepted for it or nothing. So... Wait and see on the Cox Plate, but I think with this run over in Hong Kong in mind, they might skip the Cox Plate. Um, I don't think he he might win it. I don't know. Like you never know at the end of the day. But I, if I was them, I'd definitely spell him after the King Charles and have him fresh to go over in Hong Kong for the International Race Day. And I think there's no. I think that's about it for my news. Nothing else from the CEO and news news story. No, nah, but that is massive for Mister Brightside and obviously the Hayes boys as well. It's a quick rise to trajectory. I know that I picked Mister Brightside. Um, at the start to have a great carnival, but I don't, I don't think anyone really expected it to go as well as it did. Well, so that, well as well as it can keep going, he's, he's still got a lot to prove. He's still got a lot more races to go, but well, right. yeah, exactly right. But seems yeah, that's been, about it for me, mate. Yeah, seems to be in the form of his life at the moment. So, all fingers crossed for Mr. Brightside over in Hong Kong. Uh, we'll head to another little quick break now and then we'll come back with our recaps of Rose Hill from last weekend. Rose Hill review time for the lottery podcast, and I think we actually—I think we had more. Did we have more winners at Rose Hill or Caulfield? I can't even really remember. It's on my head. You might have on the day. I think we definitely had more at Rose Hill, but the CEO did have a couple of tips in there, scattered around for the day. But it was more, it was more scattered than him on the Sunday. So oh well, <laughs> that happens. Uh, but race one was the highway. 
class two and Alash Lad won it. There's just those highway races. I've got nothing really to follow out of it. But yeah, Alash Lad uh, won the highway. The, the trainer, Matty Dunn, he's, he's probably not a bad highway trainer. Like, I think he's like he's pretty spooked around most highways to um, get a winner in it. He's got a pretty good strike rate in him, too. But I couldn't have it. I, I think I was on. I, might, I think I was on the favourite atmospheric rock and I also backed Stormy Witness late, but atmospheric rock come third and Stormy Witness didn't even place in the I, end of it. I'll tell you what I think about Rose Hill. If you're betting on race one at Rose Hill, you love a punt because it's usually on at about 10.45am. So it's for those bikes out there that don't have to go mow the lawns or do something like that. or And they're just desperate to get some enjoyment out of their Exactly. Life. So I was looking at this race going, I don't remember this, but it was it's probably, on that because you were still asleep. Yeah, exactly. But nah, it, these first couple of races, we spoke about it last week on the pod. It's the same thing. I, like even when I'm doing my test, for, I just I barely, I really ever have a bet in them. But that's what happens when they're these kind of races. And kind of the same for race two uh, was the midway and piece of us one. It was a pretty good win uh, by Nash was a favourite. Did everything I needed to do. Rose Hill definitely suited it. It was just uh, it just rode the speed and proved too strong late. But yeah, these midway it was benchmark seventy two, so it still wasn't too bad of a great race. But the midway and the highway. There definitely isn't too much to take out of them normally. This is where this, we got streaky. Yeah. You know? the, the inbox is starting to light up a bit, and you're a bit like Steph Curry from the three-point line. Just yeah. went this is where four we start- from four from here. This is where we rounds. started to hit. But, yeah, race three was the irresistible pulls and spars, and Mark West just had it. She pretty much had a one by the 500 metres mark, to be honest. Probably not, but by the time she straightened up, but it was it was definitely going to be between – it was going to be between Mark West and how good are you and – I just think the race, like the race, is set up better for Marquez, in my opinion. Zach, um, Zach Lloyd James Cummings combo is ridiculous. Yeah, right now, especially like J Mac was out. He's back this weekend, actually. Uh, J Mac, but yeah, while, while he was out, Zach Lloyd just had he had a field day. Him and Nash were just cleaning up left, right, and center. And this is just one of those. I think like J Mac normally does ride Marquez, but he was out. So Zach, thoughts, thoughts on this? J Mac. As a commentator, stinks. Yeah, no. Did, did you see the suit he wears? He looks like he's like Stewie's dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's he, the most oversized suit in the world. And he just sort of offers nothing as well. Like, he'll give you prediction. Like, like he, yeah. He'll give you stuff, but he's not like entertaining. No, he's he's like, just like just like talking yeah. to a bloody pole. Stick to the fucking, yes. Yeah. Stick to the track, mate. Definitely. And he's a great jockey, by yeah. the way. We will probably be getting on the podcast. <laughs> I'm, sure, I don't mean to I'm sure he's listening. I hope he wears that suit when he comes on. Yeah, for all the 13 listeners out here that listen to our pod, I'm sure it's not going to be But yeah, Mark West just proved too good. She still had a full, like, she's looked like she could have kept going. That was only over 1,900. And how good are you and Mark West both coming out of a 1,800-meter race that a race before? And Mark West was definitely hitting the line better. And how good are you? Was running out of room. So, Rolls reverse, more distance, and how good are you? It's just a natural born leader and had to do work from barrier nine and set the tempo up nice. And my quest just had from gate three had the perfect run on the race and proved too good in the proved too good in the end and and then a winner by three like nearly three lengths in the end. So good win on the day by my quest. Uh, race four was the Heritage Stakes and Jack Beansport just keeps on growing this little bastard. Uh, Osmosis just despite the draw and everything like I thought the draw might have been a bit of a worry, but. From gate seven, Rachel King setting forward, and he just kicked away. He was too good late. Um, a lot of people were spooking him to get beat. He did drift. I, w- I think when I bet on him, he was a $2.20, $2.30 favorite, and he drifted to $3.20. So the money definitely wasn't for him. It was a lot for Royal Tribute late. Uh, but, yeah, Osmosis just had everything go right for him. He's definitely kicked himself off. He had a 22-13 last 400 meters. So it's it's roughly about 11-second split from 400, 200, 200 to the – to the winning post, so that, those are pretty good splits for a 
1100 meter race he's a three-year-old colt so all like he's only got natural he's just got room to improve and there's been a lot of spook for him getting around for an ever slot maybe but the, the way he won there and unbeaten like these unbeaten males like it's kind of the giga kick thing from last year like when giga kick got an answer to the Everest last year i was like giga kick like no way like i didn't think he was an a grade i was like there's no way like i could believe he got it and like i still like he's turned out to be one of our best horses out of it so the form definitely sacks up but I think the sort of owners are definitely looking at this form again. Like they, they really want osmosis to get in there. Uh, it was about this stage where I should have handed my phone into the cops because I just went absolutely downhill from here. It was just nothing of the sorts. Obviously, you dominated, and obviously, CEO's best comes up after this. But from here on out, I absolutely stuck it up. Yeah, but then like like Barber had a good split. Like Barber had thirty two eighty one last six hundred. So she like from the run for the run Barber got. And the run Barber got, there was still a pretty good section was to make up. So probably probably needs a bit further this prep. And Cristilli had the best last 200 in 11.05. So she did hit the line better than Osmosis and didn't exactly have the best run of the race. But I still think Osmosis is still the one to take out of the race. But Cristilli might need a little bit further. Race five was the James Squire Stephen quality. And I didn't, I think I had a bit, I think I might have, Back to late. I, I, I remember messing in the inbox. I was like, good luck picking the winner of this because I got nothing. I think I did bet on bet Desert Icon each way late. Um, I think Corker got this one. No, I think, I think the bloke right next to us actually said this. He, oh, said, he, did he, said, he said Athabaskan and I was like, no. Nah. Like, it did a weird luck. Like I won the week before and I was like, uh, like it's definitely like it's got a chance. It's definitely in some form. But I, I think I did back. There's an icon late, and I think I backed another one late. I think I might have – I did. I backed True Marvel at 101 to 1 just in case because you never know what's going to happen in these races, but, yeah. Just for for the listeners out there as well, this bloke, uh, we have to prime out of the hands of racing.com to get him across here for this next episode. That will be airing – Probably on Thursday for a part of it for the Mooney Valley. Yeah. So and then the next part oh, will be yeah. Friday. Yeah. Oh, must be. Yeah. I haven't even thought about that. Maybe we'll have to. Maybe we'll do it. Do this special and release this one on a Thursday because we do have the races on the Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Good idea. It's good. Good idea. CEO. Full of them, mate. That's why they call me the CEO. Anyway, uh, on to the next one. Yeah. Race six was the uh, Golden Pendant and Espiana is just she, she's a good horse. She's finally found her form again. I th- a lot of people were saying she might have just been suited the Melbourne way, but I, I, she just the way she's come back this prep, I think she can handle anything now. Probably needs a dry track, but she had the best final 600 splits of the entire meeting at Rose Hill. So she's just dominant for a, I think she's a four-year-old now. I don't think she's a three-year-old, but she had a 32-61 last 600, and she's just flying along. I, like I, I, Same thing as Osmosis. I think the people have been saying they want to get her in every slot as well because the way she won that race, like I think – I don't know. I, I I wouldn't send her an Everest, but I'm not a judge. Like I, I'm not that. You wouldn't send her to a twenty million dollar race. Well, I don't think she. Well, I probably send her to her, but I don't think she could win it. She's probably going to win it now and go there. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't think she could win it. With I don't know. You might be able to answer this. I don't have a clue. But with winning it, is it a twenty million dollar pool? Pool. Yeah. The winner only probably gets like ten, maybe a little bit more. Because like when it was when it was fifteen million, it's, it's been bumped up to twenty million this year. When it was fifteen million, the winner got like seven and a half. So I think they get about half of it. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be, so it'd be about if you 10 come million. last. You're probably going to get five hundred. Oh yeah, you're going to get. It's ridiculous. So yeah, it's probably worth the payday. But I, I don't think she could Mate, win. You it. could whip me and run me yeah, down there, and I'd do that. <laughs> but yeah, I think she should win. Like she, I, I think she, if she gains a spot going on it, but I don't think she can win it. A tissue, a tissue had the best 
Uh, she had a 1064, 400 meters to the 200 meters. So she was definitely flying late, and that's only over 1400. And she's a, she's a group winner over the 1600 and 1800, I believe. She definitely needs further, and she looks to come back pretty well. So I definitely would be following a tissue as well this prep. Uh, race seven was the Ned's Whiskey Shannon Stakes, and Safes was yeah, like I, I we backed Waterford. I was pretty keen on Waterford. Took a one in there, took a one out in the quaddy and wore that one on my face. Just the way the way the race was run, she just had no way from back in the field. She couldn't make up enough ground, but her, her sectionals were through the roof. Like she absolutely smashed the clock. She had like ten eighty one from the tenth from the four hundred to the two hundred, and then I think an eleven twenty or eleven thirty from the two hundred meters at the final post, but. The money comfort for Safus, he was like a five dollar, six dollar horse when I was doing the form, and he came into four dollars second elect. So the money was right. Nashville Willow got it over the line, and I don't know what they're going to continue with this horse with this spring. But I still would be following Waterford, and he's actually in the Epsom uh, this weekend. But he's drawn like thirty of thirty or something. So I don't know how he's going to go too well on that. But like the sectionals were through the roof. It just the race just didn't get run to suit him. So I wouldn't be sacking him. He just needs to find the right race to get a crack out of him. Race eight with the Golden Rose and, go. and Militarize. Yep. I will very happily wear that one. I was pretty keen on it, to be honest, at the start of the week. And I, I think I think we tipped it a 950 or something on the pot on when we when we was initially doing the form. And I thought she was in a bit of trouble early. NCAP was all over. Yeah. It. Like just, from my George Maxwell shout out as well. He's telling me to get on NCAP, get on NCAP. And I was about to post it. I was messaging him when we were on the pod last week. Guess I was flat out working. But he said to me, get on NCAP. And I forgot to put it in there. And he roasted me for the rest of the week. And luckily, it didn't win. So, yeah, it but it's like, a good horse. Yeah, it looked like it had every chance. Like when she burst through that, I was like, "Oh shit, here we go!" And I actually got the the like the silks mixed, mixed up in the race. I, like when I say militarized, I thought it was the other one. I thought it was um Don Corleone, and then I was like, "Ah, oh, fucking Don Corleone!" But then they started calling militarized. I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> that's actually me." Sick. And then yeah, Joe jo Maria, that last hundred meters, she absolutely smashed him late. And eleven eighteen, last two hundred meters in the race, and that was just through the roof for that kind of race. So they've been spruiking a kind of a go to a Cox Plate route, which I think is massive for a th- like, like three-year-olds who have a good tendency in the race. Like they've got a good history. So she definitely wouldn't be a bad – like he, sorry, he definitely wouldn't have been a bad tip for a Cox Plate, but I don't know if they'll send it that way or not. But, uh, yes, sim- but the one to come out of it as well, Cylinder was probably the run of the race. Like three-year-old the trip, never got into it, and she still had like really good sessionals late. And he's just booked himself a slot in the Everest as well. So he's definitely with a chance to win a $20 million purse. Uh, I will quickly touch on that Shinzo, the golden champ, the golden super champ, pulled up lame. So I'd forgive that run. Um, put it, Just put it down to a pull up lame and hopefully she can reset for her next couple of races. Uh, race nine was the Shandon benchmark 88 and Charlton Lane and Parade did absolutely Dunkin' Donuts for me. <laughs> Uh, I was pretty careful. Hey, this race sucks. If you're still in the quad at this stage, get get yeah. real. I'm like Joe Maria. Like he just like he, he won. Like he, he had a field day at the um at Rose Hill in the day, and all to him he's a world class jockey. He can get anything over the line. And a lot of people did tip Vienna Princess late. Like this is like J Max tip. Like when when they're on the air, J Max like yeah, I'm Vienna Princess looks to be going good, and it it didn't it, like it, it won with the leg in the air to be honest. But like the way it was, I definitely didn't see it that way. I was definitely more keen on Chorlton Lane and Parade, but. Short Lane did its normal work late, but kind of the same things before. Just had too much ground to make up and couldn't catch it. Uh, then the final race was the Tab were on benchmark seventy eight and Tri State was kind of the same thing as everything else. Just broke the speed and kicked too late. She'd been in good form. She'd been running some good races the last couple, but just kept finding one better. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like she just she proved you good, rode for speed, and she deserved that win. Chas Gofield rode to perfection. A couple of people tipped it around, but I definitely didn't back it. I think I might have been on poor train and 
Cavalier Charles late uh, just with some roughies to have a go at. But, yeah, definitely didn't pick Tri-State. And I don't even think I had him in the quarter either. So I, I think I only got two legs of the quarter in that. It was very, was very disappointing for me. Got no quarters and nothing out of that. Are we gonna, do you want to go to a quick break or do you want to just keep on sliding through the quarter? I'll throw on, mate. Right, yeah. So we'll go. And quick- again, we'll go quickly because, like I said, if you're punting it on these first couple of races, you are a degenerate. <laughs> and I love it. The man that's about to come on next probably was on this, and so was everyone else. I think, the whole, I think the whole country was, and yeah, shock him over, Julie defeated him. And when he won, uh, we were a bit weary of the track pattern for the day because the rail's out six. You don't like with the rail, but it definitely turns the favour on page one as a call for it. And when, and when she come from last and when you're like, uh-oh, here we go. They can make up some grand for the day. Kind of puts a spanner on the work for the rest of the day. Um, but, yeah, she did it. Like her, her last 200 metres were 11.44. Race is fastest. You know, the race is fastest final 600 metres too. So they went quick in the race. It definitely set up for the back markers. But Schrockemover was in good form and deserved that win, I reckon. Started punters off to a pretty good day. Race two was the Living Legends foresight. Oh. Best Park 78 and first Amora for Huey Bowman. Just absolutely brained them. Yeah. Absolutely was not Shane on board, you no good for me. Yeah, w- wasn't touched until like maybe the last hundred meters, and he just kept going with. And I was definitely against him with sixty three kgs. I, do, I I did have a bet on him late just because the boys in the chat were talking about. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm, like, I'm going to have a bet in it. Uh, but yeah, Shane on Burgess did chip, did chip, and we did tip that at each way and snuck into a third place at two twenty five. So knew we got better odds that a place and first immortal to win. So all honest with that, and first immortal has been spread for the Caulfield Cup as well. If he goes to the Caulfield Cup, so. Disgusting behaviour, but race three was even worse. We were all on Sarah D's, I believe, in red No, card. we were on red card. I was on Sarah D's. Yeah. And Cardigan Queen wins at about $390,000. One yep. $34, Michael D, good win. And you said the trainer afterwards was basically just like, yeah, no, I thought he was going to win. <laughs> Thanks for the tip, mate. $34. Thanks for the tip. Give me a spell. But, yeah, like with the like when Brad Carr won last week, it beat Smashing Eagle, and that was at Rose Hill when the rail was out and definitely looked to have everything go like, Go for it again. Had the rail out six at Caulfield or just gate four, Blake Shin, James Cummins just looked to suit up perfectly, but just don't know if it went too quick early. Just had like it just a hundred meters ago was sitting duck, everything swooped over it. Cardigan Queen swept up the inside and took him away and paid paid a measly thirty four dollars. Yep. Yellow Sam absolutely stunk it up in yeah, race four. Here we go, race four. And this is kind of where the the, the track pattern started to change. Like the first couple of races were definitely can make some ground. But yeah, like after, like from race four onwards, when Nunthorpe won, like I'll give Nunthorpe that. She like absolutely smashed it. She had the best last 600 meter splits of the race. Wasn't anything to rain about, but Carr just walked them pretty much. And like it was impossible to make ground that stage in the section where she run. So they, they literally had no chance. And Nunthorpe and Jamie Carr just kicked. Best 600 meter splits, and that I think that's how you're riding. Unthorpe, you just crawl at the front, don't give him much chance, and just at the sprint, you just put the pay to him. So, this is where the definitely uh, the rail started to kick into place, and you had to be on speed and you had to be leading to be able to win the races from here on out. It's pretty much the same thing with race five, uh, the Oz, where Oz Empress won it. It was just a leader, I think. Everything else, the Sonic Boom was massive for the back, for like the ground it made up from where it was for a leading track pattern was changing. It went, it went to a good, it was, it did start at a good three. Started a good four, went down to a good three. Um, yeah, this is where the track part really started to change. And Dasonic Boom, from where it was, absolutely made up a stack of ground. So I'll be following Dasonic Boom, but all honours with Oz Empress, Gay Waterhouse, and Adrian Bott. That's how they train their horses. Get up there, ride for speed, and prove too hard to catch, really. That's exactly what Oz Empress did. And paid amazingly six bucks, too. So did have some good form. I think it would have been running behind Charmstone and um, Inhibitions and Co. And its last couple, so it's definitely has some good form wraps around it. But yeah, all honest with that, rode the speed to perfection in that one. 
Race six was best bet of the day, and Jack played that button. Yeah, she absolutely stunk it up on that day, but I'll give her that. <laughs> she had the she had the second best six hundred meter splits of the race and the best two hundred meter splits of the race. So, Everyone was on it. Yeah, like she she should have won. Like the only thing that beat her was a track pattern. Like that she had the best sectional. She had the best. The ground that she made up late was through the roof. Like she deserved the win. Just. It wasn't it, that race wasn't for her. The rail out, she had to be riding the speed, and she's not a get on the speed ride horse. Uh, didn't des- like just wasn't her race. She we found that out. Unfortunately, we I took the short odds and I loaded into her, so had to wear that one. But Buffalo River, like I, I'm pretty sure after the race, the trainer said they're they basically going to retire it, but they were like, oh no, we'll give it one more run, and it's just knocked us over at twenty bucks. So that's all the ones for Buffalo River. That's what it does. Gets up there, rides the speed, and at these kind of races, the Caulfield. That's exactly the horses you should be betting on. And we had a couple of rough, rough prize winners there for the day, but that's what they do. They ride the speed and they win. A, they they win a rough odds. So all honors with uh, Buffalo River and the Moroni Stable. Three words for this next race that will sum it up, and then we can move on from this one. The party just wins. Yep, that's all that you need for that's that. All race. You know. yep. Just wins. Yep. Absolute gun horse. Come over the Cox for the Caulfield Guineas, but geez, I think Militarise is going to be a massive danger for it. Yeah. Uh, race eight was actually the Katnaz Jewelers MRC Financial Cup, and this is actually a ticket to the Cox to the Caulfield Cup. I didn't know that. Did you so know I'm, that? No. So I got bring straight through. <laughs> yeah. You just, I had no idea until after the race. Like, oh, he's booked his way to a corp, to a Caulfield Cup. Like, oh, righto. And we're playing Leicester City numbers in the fucking Caulfield yeah, Cup I, yeah, after this. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, it did. Like, this is where the Track pattern kind of did the thing. He just rode the speed from gate four. Johnny Allen sent him forward and proved too hard to catch. Floating artist did make up a stack of ground late. It was a good ride from him. But, yeah, the track pattern just wasn't in his favor. And Uncle Brent had everything go right for him. And salute of $31. So if you put that in your quarter, you're a bloody good punter because I'm fucking not. <laughs> um, race nine, here we go. Alligator blood. Jeezy deserved that. I'll what give a good it, name for a horse oh, too, mate, eh? I was so – like when we did the podcast last time, I was so against it. I was like, no way. Like this – like it's just going to fall in the hole. Our and, man, yep, all he, over it. I'll give him that. He's done it. He's, he, he was he put it in a multi, and I was like, no way. I was like, that's the one leg was going to fail, but it absolutely brain them late. And Did all, that multi get up by the way? Yeah, nah, nah, even well, better. Then. Maybe even better. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he just did everything right that you can ask for in a horse. You, like the form he's been in, the form around him stacked up, and the rail definitely like when the rail started to change and the track pattern was defying on pace runners, it definitely suited him. But I will note. The one, the two we were on without a fight, 33, 53, last 611, 27, last 200 with the bets of the entire race. 1,800 metres, she's only going to be be better over further. And when she gets to the Caulfield Cup, she's going to be too hard to beat. Means stuff all for me right now. <laughs> Same with Sulcum, 33, 68, last 611, 54, last 200. That was second best of the race. Both of them are going up to further and better in the race. So all honours with them. They are definitely one to keep going. Bring it home, last leg. CEO's best. Vivian paying about $9,000 gets up for my lock for the week and that makes it two on the trot, three from four. Um, it's just not a part-time job. I put so much time and effort into this. I'm not just looking at the app as we are on the podcast every week, you know. Yeah, I should put re- some effort into it. I'll give you that. Oh, I did. Do. I did put a little bit of effort into that one and I was like, this is going to backfire. It did, but like Gay Wayne, Craig Williams, it's, it's exactly the same with like all the other horses, it rises at speed, it proves too hard to catch, and it did exactly that. It didn't even have the best splits in the race, but it's just naturally trained to ride the speed. Rail there, six at Caulfield over 1,100 metres was just perfect for it. So Matty Alton placed it to perfection, and that looks about it for Vivian. She's five in a row now, so onwards and upwards for that. I think that's about it for our... Yep, stay tuned for the next episode, which is going to be enormous, our debut. 
from the man we've had to the Vic Racing analyst. He's going to be known as on the pod. Um, his words are not mine, uh, but we will be airing that episode later on in the week. So talk to you guys later. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,